It's Rough Cut right here on your classic metal show with She's Dressed to Kill. And just before that, we heard some Armored Saint with Aftermath for our good friend Sal in the chat room. There you go. You can never go wrong with Armored Saint. Love the Saint. You know, as as long as a fan as I've been of the Saint, mm-hmm. today when I listen back to, you know, some of their classic stuff, yeah, I love them even more. Yeah, they've gotten their their music has aged very well. It has, and you know, I I was a big fan. Uh, you know, of course, our good friend Bob Nobandian, he mm-hmm. worked with Armored Saint very early in their career. But you know, I didn't discover them until I think nineteen eighty nine, maybe. Okay. And uh, you know, when I heard I heard them and started listening to their stuff, and I know that you told your story about working in that car shop where you're where the guy who owned the shop yeah yeah, uh, yeah. yeah played played it a lot mm-hmm. it's just like man th- that is a solid band yeah they're always good you know and the thing is is that uh john bush uh <laughs> one of the things that uh sal pointed out to me this week is mm-hmm. that john is very animated on stage when he's performing Sure. But uh he did sort of I, I'm gonna I'm gonna kinda pinpoint it in the mid to late nineties. He sort of adopted sort of like a rapper uh antics on stage. You know? Okay. You know, with the way that he moved his hands and his in his arms and stuff, kinda like a like almost like a rapper stance. Like he's grabbing his dick. Well, no, I don't think he went that far, but it was just the whole, you know, uh, almost like flashing gang signs and shit. Not that he was doing right. that, but that's the only thing I can p- compare it to. Right. And I, the only way that I can uh, justify that is I think that being that he was in anthrax at the time and, you know, hard rock and heavy metal was taking a backseat to the whole rap m- movement. I think it was just sort of an unconscious way of trying to stay relevant. Right. As a front man. Sure. You know, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've seen Armored Saint at, at least a half a dozen times and John Bush never, never disappoints. No, they're always they're always great. John never disappoints. The band never disappoints. The whole band. I've never even seen him play, you know, an out of tune song or anything. Never. Nope. They're always really tight. Great band. I agree. All right. Well, this week uh, there was some kind of pretty big news i guess you would call it big news sure uh in the podcast world mm-hmm. that uh joe rogan who who basically started his uh podcast or video cast i i guess that's what you would call it a video cast i guess yeah uh he started his video cast through the inspiration of uh anthony cumia he did, mm-hmm. you know, and I know that he's had Anthony on his show before and he basically credited Anthony was saying, yeah, you know, Anthony, uh, you know, got booted from uh, XM Sirius Radio after his alleged uh, racist rant on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And he went off and started his ho- own thing. And I thought this guy's just doing this out of his house. I, I could do the same thing. Yeah. Well, apparently Joe Rogan, after about, what is Joe Rogan doing this? About five years now? Yeah. 1,500 episodes or so, yeah. roughly. 
Well, Joe Rogan has taken a hundred million dollars. A hundred million. Pretty good chunk of let, money. Let, let that sink in there, kids. To move his entire video quote podcast to Spotify exclusively. That's a lot of coin. That's as my nephew said, that's a lot of cabbage. Yeah, it is. The only, the only, and I, and I will get into this, but I don't see it as a perfect deal. I mean, it's great money wise. It's fantastic. Well, for Joe, it's a perfect deal. I mean, who, who's going to pass up a five, a hundred million dollars? I, I agree. But I think he could have probably got a little more. Well, you know what the thing is, is this is really uncharted territory for a podcast to get signed to that kind of money. Yeah. The only the only negative, and, and this is where I see it as somewhat of a negative. Okay. Is he's putting all of his eggs in the Spotify basket. All right. I, I agree with that. So, it, let's Let's not even say if it doesn't work out. He does his five years. Let's say after five years, Spotify turns into what Sirius XM is right now, which is nobody's hearing him anymore. You know, let's say Spotify, you know, all the labels start their own Spotify's and pull all their music and nobody's listening to Spotify anymore or a lot less people. For him to move back somewhere else, he's given up all of that. All that he has right now, all the millions of subscribers that he has everywhere. And I know a bunch will come with him to Spotify, mm -hmm. but a bunch won't. You know, I mean, you know how this goes, dude. A bunch, a bunch of people will not sign up for Spotify. Like, as an example, band guys. Mm -hmm. Band guys that feel like Spotify rips them off, they're not going to sign up for Spotify just for Joe Rogan. So my, my whole thing is my whole thought, and it's not much of a thought, Lord knows if I made a hundred million dollars, you know what I'd say at the end of the hundred million dollars, fuck all of it. I'm done. Yeah. I'm going to go fuck hookers and on an Island somewhere. Right. Well, but go ahead. I, I just, I just think that if he, if he does have any thoughts of carrying on past it, he kind of limited, he'll, he'll have to almost start over. Now, admittedly, he'll still be Joe Rogan and a bunch of people come on right away. But, you know, he lost that freedom that he had. That's all. All right. Well, there, you know, anytime you sign a deal with the devil, as it were, mm -hmm. it always comes with a cost. And, of course, this sure. is an old adage with uh, you sell your soul. Mm -hmm. And the way that I look at this because we're in a really different age as far as the way that media is distributed. Mm -hmm. I look at this as the same way as Howard Stern leaving commercial radio and going to uh Sirius XM. Yeah. No, it's very similar. It is. It's a, <clears throat> it's a very similar deal, but this is what I have to credit Joe Rogan for. Now, obviously Joe Rogan has had success as a commercial television person. Mm -hmm. Uh, he, you know, obviously he did, uh, um, fear factor. Sure. And I think, was he on that, uh, suddenly Susan show? 
don't know if he's on that or not. He was on news radio. News radio. I, I get those two mixed up. Yeah. He was, was on, on that show. show. And then of course he, he hosts the, uh, the, 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 yeah, the UFC fights. Plus, mm-hmm. plus he's a stand up comedian as well. Sure. So he's got a lot of irons in the fire from the various, um, entertainment aspect. Mm-hmm. He's got television, he's got sports, he's got uh comedy. You know, so so he's not a you know, he's a known name out there. And then he started his uh his video cast just because it was just something he wanted to do. Uh right. you know, obviously again I I'll credit Anthony Cumia for, you know, inspiring him to do the same thing. Right. You know, and if you look at Joe Rogan's setup and his, I think he rents a building or something. Mm-hmm. I think his, his studio is in this building because I think he keeps a lot of his personal toys there, like his, uh, his, uh, you know, forerunners and shit like that. Okay. You know, I think he keeps a lot of his, you know, personal cars and toys and shit at this building, but he, he converted one of the rooms into this studio. Right. You know, okay. and I and I look at his setup and it's it's actually kind of primitive because I see his, uh, you know, in the in the video, he's got his um, audio processors and shit mm-hmm. right in the video uh, screen. And then he just, you know, he's just got some mics and he's got a couple cameras and uh, he broadcasts his his video cast. Right. Mm-hmm. But because he's Joe Rogan. And because he's known and because he's already got the fame, he has the ability to land name brand guests. Sure. Of course. You know, so obviously he's had a lot of music guests. He's had, you know, political guests. He's had people in the news. I've most recently had Elon Musk on his show. Right. Which mm-hmm. that's kind of a big get because I don't know if you watched that at all. Did you watch it at all? Not the most current one. I watched the first one when he was smoking the pot with him. Yeah. So so that's the point is that he's doing stuff that you can't watch people smoke pot on on video. Right. But he did it. And then I, I did watch the most recent one that he did with Elon uh, Musk. And he was just asking him all kinds of questions like, how is it that you, you can get, you know, because... Uh, Elon Musk and his his uh, operation they're they're building an underground uh, subway system I guess underneath LA okay and I I watched this with such fascination because I and I agree with Joe the way that he asked him he says how do you get permits for that (laughs) right and he goes yeah well we just asked the city of LA can we can we bore a pit in our parking lot and so we got this permit to bore a pit. <laughs> and so we just started digging underground. Right. No, no permits, no premise, no nothing. It's just like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to build this underground uh, tunnel system. <laughs> and so we just started boring underground. Right. And, wow. and, and that was it. There was really no. Well, we had to go through this process and we had to apply for these permits and we had to get this license and we had to get, he didn't, he said, yeah, we just said, Hey, we want to, we want to bore a pit in our parking lot. And they said, yeah, go right ahead. 
Right. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> it's like, well, you're Elon Musk. Nobody even questions you. And and isn't that interesting that certain people, depend, you know, depending on their profile, they can get away with being able to do stuff that normal people just can't say, hey, you know, I want to bore an underground tunnel and they go, fuck no. Yeah. But if you're Elon Musk, they go, yeah, go right ahead. Yeah. As you're generating billions of dollars to their state. So they don't give a fuck. So, so yeah. So Joe Rogan, because he's Joe Rogan and because he does have a reputation, he can be successful at putting out a podcast or a video cast or whatever you want to call it. And he's consistent. I don't find all of his guests that compelling. Sure. But. He does it consistently and he does have a following and he did build a following on YouTube and people watch it. I watch it. Sure. I watch it on occasion. Not all the time. Like I used to. So, so here's the thing that surprised me about this. When you, you called me the other day and told me, you go here, I got some news for you. Yeah. Joe Rogan signed with Spotify for a hundred million dollars. And I was just like, holy shit. I didn't even know Spotify had that kind of bank. Well, I guess they don't have to pay it all at once. So. Well, of course. I mean, I know it's over five-year period, but still, we're, we're, and again, I don't know the whole ins and outs of the whole um, business aspect of Spotify, but mm-hmm. I didn't realize that Spotify had that kind of money to to pay to one uh, artist, I guess you want to call it. Dude, I think they have like a hundred million subscribers, paid subscribers. I and had then, they have, then they have how many more that are free subscribers that listen and deal with the ads. So then they get all that ad revenue too. So, well, again, I, I wasn't aware. Yeah, I mean, you use Spotify, don't you? I do. I do. I do use you, Spotify. You use the paid or the free? Well, I, paid for a couple of years and currently I'm on free because I haven't used it, you know, consistently lately. So, you know, I mean, how many songs do you get to hear before you hear a commercial? Like two, two, three, two, two or three. Yeah. yeah but, so but, but I've learned, you know, if I'm sitting directly in front of the computer listening, mm-hmm. I learned to cut the song off like three minutes, three seconds before it ends. And then just go to the next <laughs> song before, because if you cut it off, and then play yeah. the next song. You never get a commercial. Yeah. Look at you cheating. I do. <laughs> but I'll admit that's how I do it. Yeah. I just no, I, I just watch the countdown. And if I'm like five to three seconds away from the end of the song, I just click the next song. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking, you know, they get all that ad revenue that they that they get, and, you know, and they're publicly traded now. So there's all that money. They've got that kind of bank. Okay. And I mean, really $20 million is not that much for, uh, you know, for signature content. And that's clearly going to be their flagship. You know, every Spotify commercial now is going to be led with Joe Rogan. Well, that's kind of why I compared it to Howard Stern signing with uh, Sirius XM because he's now, he had become their flagship. Oh yeah. And he's de- And Rogan is definitely the Spotify flagship. Right. Now. But I was surprised that Rogan uh, was as popular as he is to be take that mantle for for a outlet like a Spotify. 
I, I am too, because and because he's a little bit edgy and dangerous too. If it was going to be anybody, I would have thought. And his pot, this guy's podcast has gone to shit to where it's unlistenable, and it would never was to me. It was never that good anyway. But a lot of people listen to it. Mark Merritt. What the fuck with Mark Maron? Hey, you know what? I never listened to the podcast. I did watch the the show that he had on Netflix, mm-hmm. the Mark Maron show type thing. Yeah. But I've never listened to his podcast. His podcast was alright, but he but he certainly had the he certainly had the stroke for a minute there to get huge. I mean, he had fucking President Obama come to his goddamn garage. <laughs> well, that show that he had on Netflix, the Mark Maron show. Mm-hmm. Um. I was always impressed that, uh, you know, on the show, obviously, again, I don't know if that was a, a setup or a movie set or anything, or if that was actually his house or whatever, but, yeah. but he had a very primitive, uh, audio setup in his garage. Yeah. Well, that's, that's his, uh, that's his setup. Yeah, I know. And so he had people coming to his garage it's sitting there in his garage and doing an interview with them. And it was just like, holy shit. But, That's what I'm saying. He had the fucking president of the United States in a garage. Well, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to paraphrase uh, Ted Nugent. That's where that mongrel belonged in that garage. Jesus. I'm not going to go that far. Well, that's saying. what, that's what Ted Nugent said. I'm just paraphrasing him. I'll just say that as one episode of what the fuck I did not download. <laughs> so again, I'm going to go, I'm going to reiterate with, uh, what, um, Adam Carolla said about what makes a successful podcast. Yeah. Well, you got to be famous. <laughs> mm-hmm. And obviously Joe Rogan had the fame already. Sure. So for guys like you and I, who, you know, we're, we're basically nobody's in the, the whole scope of things. Mm-hmm. We, we do not have any claim to fame as it were. No, but the successful podcast video cast often feature people who already have commercial fame. And I, you know, going back to, uh, stick Texan hammer. He talks about the people on YouTube that get, get the biggest hits. Mm-hmm. And that would be like a Will Smith. And, right. and who else? Who else has like a video cast that they put something like out every day, like for a couple of minutes a day? Is it like Arnold Schwarzenegger or something? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know because I don't watch any of that. Well, I don't I watch any of it either. But that's who they push. They push yeah. these people who already have celebrity. Mm-hmm. And they yeah, start, you, yeah, I guess if you look at the top ones, it's always like Mike Huckabee and, you know, it, it's always famous guys. It's not, it's not, Hey, here's two guys sitting around fucking getting, it's drunk. not Jericho green. No, it's not two guys sitting around talking about the hearing aid fucking shit. For an hour <laughs> no, it's, it's uh, somebody already who made their fame and notoriety. Right. Through some kind of a commercial outlet over, mm-hmm. you know, a period of time. Yeah, it is. But I find that funny that that people who made their their bones through a commercial outlet. Now mm-hmm. they're going independent. Yeah. Well, 
Because nobody wants to work for a corporation anymore. Not nobody anymore, to- but there's no money in it either because people are going away from television. They're going away from radio. They're going away from the traditional outlets that you and I and everybody else used to rely upon mm-hmm. yeah. for, for our entertainment. So it's just like, yeah, that 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 medium is dead. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's, dude, even TV is dead. You know, it, it, it's weird because I've been watching a little bit of TV lately. Just, um, you know, different, different various shows and whatnot. And I am absolutely pissed off when I go to watch something and I have to watch it not on demand. <laughs> like, I, I don't even want to do anymore. I cannot even say, like, you know, I watch wrestling. You know, I'm a, I'm a wrestling guy. And I, I like to watch Monday Night Raw, and I like to watch SmackDown. And then on Wednesdays is the AEW Dynamite, which is the, the other wrestling league. Okay. Well, Raw and SmackDown are available on Hulu. You just have to wait a day. So I never watch Monday Night Raw on Monday, and I never watch Friday Night SmackDown on Friday. I watch Monday Night Raw on Tuesday whenever the fuck I want, <laughs> and I watch SmackDown usually on Saturdays, you know, right before I take my nap to, to do this thing. So, you know, but I can watch it on my own terms whenever I want to. Yeah. But the, um, the, um, AEW, the only way I can, I can watch the AEW is if I get a cable subscription because it, it doesn't, it's not on like, um, you know, on, it's not on any of the streamings, so I can't watch it. So then I have to, you know, borrow people's fucking logins so that I can't because <laughs> I'm not going to give, I'm not going to spend 50 to a hundred dollars for a cable subscription just to watch one fucking show. Just not going to do it. It's well, I, I agree. And, and I have no subscriptions to anything. I mean, I know Hulu is a good uh, outlet. Mm-hmm. But but uh, the only thing that uh, I have subscriptions to, there are three things. Mm-hmm. I have Amazon, mm-hmm. Netflix, and MLB. MLB? Yeah. They should be fucking refunding you big this year. I, I agree with that. I mean, you know, the whole season, because I like the Pirates, win or lose. Sure. Mm-hmm. I paid uh, 99 bucks for the season, and of course, I haven't seen a goddamn game. So, in yeah. my opinion, unless they have a season, I should get refunded for the year. Oh, I would think so. Jesus, 99 bucks, you could get season tickets to fucking Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> no one likes the Pirates. Yeah. I, You know, that's my team. I, I grew up with them. It was just my thing. But, you know, I... Uh, if I'm not going to a game a couple of times a year, I, I watch them on TV. But obviously, with what's going on today, sure, there's nothing to watch. Mm-hmm. No, and that's it too. That's another reason I don't want to, because I was rocking the YouTube TV, you know, and and I was using it okay, you know, because because when there was sports, then it was then it was worth having. I mean, yeah, I can watch the sports I want to watch with the with the antenna. But you know what? It's just easier. It's just easier to have a channel on on YouTube TV and just click and it's on and it's, you know, it doesn't fade in and out when the fucking wind blows the trees the wrong <laughs> way or some shit like that, you know, in the winter. So, 
So, you know, I was using it, but you know, with there being no sports, I canceled YouTube TV because I'm not going to, I'm not going to pay $50 just for fucking AEW. Right. You know, yeah, yeah, but it's all decentralized now, you know, now be honest, you probably watch more, more YouTube than you do anything else. Yeah. Well, you know, I have my favorites on YouTube. I, 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 Mm -hmm. I basically do it to catch up on what's going on during the day. Sure. I, and, and again, I watch mostly the independent broadcasters. I certainly don't watch any commercial, uh, oh, no. you know, commercial news and it at all, because it's just, mm-hmm. you just don't know what to believe. It's just like, fuck that. I'm not going to even <laughs> try to decipher what, what is being broadcast because it's just all bullshit. Yeah. It's all junk. It is. I'm, I'm with you on that. It's, it's not worth watching at all anymore. Not at all. You know, I honestly, if YouTube didn't have old of every sport, I probably would not even watch YouTube at all. But every, like, I've been on a boxing kick lately. I don't know why. Kickboxing kick? No, not kickboxing, regular (laughs) boxing. (laughs) But every, I think every great fight that's ever happened is out there. And you can literally pick a guy, you know, whoever it is, and you can watch almost pretty much their whole career. Like I've probably watched 25 Manny Pacquiao fights in the last two weeks, just because I honestly, back when I was married was when he was happening and God knows the big evil, you know, boxing, physical violence. That's yeah, because a big evil. it's violent. Why are you watching that? In my house. And you know, damn well, she wouldn't let me spend $59 on a paper. For, for fucking <laughs> boxing. So, so I wasn't watching boxing. So of I've, course been catching, not. I've been catching up on like Manny Pacquiao and Prince, Prince, um, Nassim Hamed and, you know, um, Roy Jones Jr. And Bernard Hopkins. I've been just watching all this boxing lately. Isn't, isn't that pathetic that you have to catch up with that 20 years later? <laughs> I know it's, it's, it's the worst. <laughs> it's just like, this is what I missed. I couldn't even be relevant at the time because I couldn't watch this. I was such a bitch. I really was such a bitch. I should have fucking put her to the curb and watched my boxing. But instead I was like, yes, honey, you're right. Let's sit here and watch fucking touch by an angel instead. You know, that, that was, that was where I was at. Fucking total fucking faggot. <laughs> All right. Well, Spotify is taking one of Apple's top podcast away Mm -hmm. in a tectonic shift in the podcasting world. The Joe Rogan experience will be moving exclusively to Spotify later this year. Yeah. Spotify has been a Johnny come lately in the podcasting world, but the company clearly hopes that this and other moves that's that's what I hope for the CMS. <laughs> we'll vault it into first place. Mm-hmm. Sign us, bitches. Well, as a podcast fan, forget sign us. As just a podcast fan, they better improve their fucking software by a lot. Because <laughs> their software sucks a dick as far as podcast goes. They better get a lot better. All right. The podcast is moving to Spotify 
Rogan announced in a video on Spotify's website, I signed a multi-year licensing agreement with Spotify. Nice. On September uh, 1st, Joe Rogan's entire library of content will be available on the platform. And later this year, at some undisclosed point, all audio and video will only be available by way of spot Spotify mm-hmm. in spring of uh, 2019. Rogan said his podcast had over 190 million monthly downloads, <laughs> 190 million month. It's certainly grown since then. And top episodes get millions of additional views on YouTube, meaning he's likely over 200 million monthly listens and views. Can you even imagine? That's that's like Super Bowl numbers. It is. <laughs> it is. But you know what? Again, I, I'm going to say good for him. Huh. I, 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 I got no jealousy or animosity. Good for him. Good for anybody that makes it <coughs> super successful without caving in. And well, Here's the thing, and and I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. He -hmm. just sort of just did this. He just said, you know what? Um, Anthony is doing this. I I like what he does. He just set up a couple cameras, set up a couple mics. I'm just going to invite people that I know, and I'm going to sit here and talk to them. And people go, yeah, that's cool. And I'll watch it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and good for him. God damn it. You know, the thing is, is that he's capitalized on his fame as a commercial star, mm-hmm. be it, be it again, uh, be it on TV or UFC or, or on television or whatever he's done, but he's yeah. been able to parlay that into something successful for himself, uh, just as an organically grown thing. It's just like, yeah, yeah. but you know, I'm going to do this whole, uh, interview thing and I'm just going to have people come in and I'm going to talk to them. Right. Question in the chat room. Would you and Neely cave for that coin? Yes, yeah. of course. Fuck, Fuck yeah. yeah. If I had that kind of cave, I would sell the CMS name. Not that it's worth that much, but if, if Spotify said to me and said, Hey, I want you and, uh, Chris, and we'll we'll sign you for two million. I'd say fuck yeah, take it. Hundred million dollars a year. I'm hosting queer kids stuff. I don't care. I will absolutely sell whatever they. Hundred million. Give me a hundred million for five years. I'll give you whatever you want. You want gay stuff? I'll be gay guy. You want <laughs> you want libtard? I'll be liberal guy. Right. You pick it. I don't even give a shit. I I don't care what it is. You want me to do a show? Fucking evaluating cocks all day. Fine. hundred million a year or a hundred million for five years. Fine. I would, I would be that faggot for five years. Right. Till the rest of my life without ever having to worry about a dollar for me or my family again. Sure. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. If somebody came and made an offer today and said, you know, we're, we're going to pay you, you know, I'm just going to throw a number out there. A million for you, a million for Chris a, a year for the next five years. Yeah. That's a bargain. You know, you're paying Joe Rogan 20 million. I'll take a million a year. 
And I'll even not cuss on that show. Anything <laughs> sure, I'd take that. Uh, Shit, yes. The, the, video, the video announcement is particularly major because Joe Rogan has 8.41 million subscribers on YouTube. It's insanity. Which likely translate into hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue for him monthly. Mm-hmm. which largely goes uh, away over time as he uh, reduces his content publication there. However, according to the Wall Street Journal, the Spotify licensing deal is worth north of $100 million for Joe Rogan, which will be more than, uh, which will more than compensate for the loss of revenue. Currently, the Joe Rogan Experience is the second-ranked podcast across Apple Podcasts and is often ranked first. What is what is it in competition with? I don't know who's the first. I can't imagine what's bigger than that. Yeah. Probably some bullshit fucking political horse shit. Well, this is, this is, the, well, this is the only bright spot where we're concerned. Mm-hmm. If, and that's a big if, yeah. If the whole podcasting thing becomes popular due to the whole Joe Rogan thing, mm-hmm. I'm going to relate this to the late '80s record label thing mm-hmm. that entities out there might be searching for the next big thing to sign, sure, to be in competition. Mm-hmm. And I would like to think that somewhere, somehow, somebody might discover the CMS and say, hey, we'll make you a deal. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? But I don't count on it. It's just yeah, like, no. uh, you know, that's wishful thinking. But regardless, it's just like you never know. Would you guys team up with Eddie Trunk for that classic metal show? Fuck yeah. Mill five a year. Great point, Eddie. You really are insightful. How's that? Does that sound convincing? Does that sound real? Love that bowling shirt today you're wearing, Eddie. I wish I had one for myself. Where did you get that? Ed, we're going to play a song now from Twisted Sister. Just want to thank you once again for putting them back together. Thank you. Ed, you know, Dawkin is my favorite band. I'm glad that you were able to mend fences between Don and George. I still relish that day that I saw that on that metal show. Eddie, my whole day would be brighter if you played a UFO song so that you created the craze to bring them back from the ashes. Thank you. My whole world has changed since you started that metal show. Mm-hmm. And uh, if it weren't for you, my life would not be as rich as it is today. So thank you. Eddie, I've got this CMS shirt. I'd like you to throw it away. It would really make my week if you just threw it away for me. <laughs> ching, ching, a million five. Ching, million ching, five. million five. Ching, ching. <laughs> yeah, I'm an out-and-out whore. Yeah, for that kind of money. Dude, yeah. did, did you happen to hear that wheezy bumper, speaking of Ed? Yes, I did. I have it. Give that a quick place. That's, All right. it. That's pretty funny. 
Uh, Jim Legg says, have you guys ever been offered to sign a deal to do the show? I don't know what that means. If so, it would be worth it. Hail and kill. The XM thing. Yeah. We got offered XM, but it was right at the time of the merger. <laughs> and then when the merger went through, well, then our guy wasn't there anymore. What was his name again? Kevin what? Kevin, what was his name? Kevin something. McCarthy? No, it wasn't McCarthy. What was his name? Ke- I, I know I know his first name was Kevin something. Yeah, I, I don't remember his name. But I know he did not survive the. <laughs> no, he didn't survive the merger. He was like, he was like, let's just get this done first, and once it's done, you guys can be one of the feature things on the new plat. Then <laughs> <laughs> it was like, send him an email. Hey man, what's going on? Oh, returned. This this email address is no longer valid. Yeah, he was gone. Picked up the phone. Do do do. Yeah. <laughs> It was over, pal. Yep. Sorry. Yeah, I forget what his last name was. Kevin. I'm pretty sure it was Kevin something. Yeah, that sounds familiar. I mean, it's been, what, 12, 12 years or whatever? Yeah, it's been years. a long time ago. Long time, so. Anyway. Well, look at, I'm looking for the wheezy bumper here. Uh, Eddie Trunk. Ozzy. Yeah. Let's see here. Uh audio voice guy bumpers. Let's see. Eddie Trunk. Turn it on. Turn it on bumper. Yep. That's what it was. All right, here we go. Uh our our fake producer, Wheezy, put together a bumper inspired by our segment we did with Eddie Trunk or uh last week. Right. So here it is. Check this out. I don't know. Look, here's all I'm going to say, okay? Because anything I say is magnified and turned into something and taken out of context and all that. Here's what I'm going to say. There's a long list of people. I will. I am certainly in good company <laughs> with people that have had uh, some sort of issues with Sharon Osbourne. I don't know if you know this, Tony, but I've turned Geezer into a bowler. Did, I don't know if he told you that or not. There was a whole blow-up. Of course, my name was in it because, really, the 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 war of words between Dee Snyder and Paul Stanley. The origins of it, because it stemmed from an interview I did with Dee Snyder for my podcast. I can't take credit for breaking Metallica. What what I can take credit for is being one of the first people to ever play Metallica on the radio in America. But I, I, um, I made that call personally to both Don and George. So I was blown away that I was able to pull that off. I got coming by. Yeah, won't catch me saying that one because you know Wheezy will make a clip of it. Of nope. course. <laughs> I. I. <laughs> Didn't he do another one with Thosdy's music? He, he did. Goes, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to play that. All right. But uh, that was one of the Wheezy productions. Yeah. I, I, I'm so lonely when she's not there. 
Here we go. I, 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 I. Let's address the issue at hand uh, is, is Ozzy and his limitations. Here's what I'll say. I think the whole Ozzy Prince of Darkness thing went down the shitter with the uh, Osborne show. Sharon. I. 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 Too funny. <laughs> so there you are, Wheezy, on top of things, as always. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Uh, let's see here. I had nothing lined up. All right. Uh, you said you have something here about uh, Netflix you wanted to talk about? Um. Yeah. Did I send you the article? You did. Yeah. Let me... Why is Netflix getting rid of its most profitable customers? Yeah. I don't know that we have to read this. We could probably just read the first couple paragraphs, but it's a weird thing that, in fact, let's just talk about it. We don't have to read it, but Netflix, you, you know how subscription services work. One of the main ways that subscription services make money is that people just kind of forget about them. You know what I mean? People yeah. They sign- just thought they just automatically renew and you don't even think about it because it's like, Oh yeah, I'm signed up for that. Oh, well we just banged your credit card for 1299 a month this month. And you go, Oh, okay. Yeah. 1299. What, what's the big deal? Exactly. And, and a lot of times people will, even if they stop using a product, they just leave it go in case they ever, and especially in a situation like a Netflix, mm-hmm. like I don't know about you, but I go sometimes three, four five months where I don't watch anything on Netflix. Oh, I don't. I watch something at least every week. I don't know. I, I get bored for a while and then I'll, I'll switch to like Amazon prime for a while and then I'll come back and there'll be like a whole new bunch of shit for me to watch. So I, I definitely am one of these guys, but you know, I, I have the family plan and my family uses it. So. They, they watch, but I don't personally all the time. So it's not anything for me to do five, four or five months of paying for it and not using it. Well, you would think that that would be like good, right? Wouldn't you think that that's good for Netflix? That they're getting free money? Yeah. Well, you would think if, if somebody has a subscription and they don't really uh, use it, yeah, yeah, it's just like, yeah, I, I just banged this guy for twelve ninety nine, and, you know, there there's a lot of people out there who go, yeah, I haven't watched Netflix in months like you, but yeah. me personally, I, I'm constantly switching between Amazon Prime and Netflix. Sure. Well, and that's fine. I'm not saying it's everybody. What, what I'm saying is Netflix, well, what Netflix did or is doing is... They're canceling accounts that are inactive. They're inactive. Okay. Why would they, what possible reason could they do that? Well, see, I I agree with you. It's just like, why would you do that? I I don't see any good that could come out of it at all. 
it's not it's not the kind of thing that it's not like a goodwill thing per se. I guess it is, but you know, I mean, if you get banged it for an extra month of Spotify or Netflix or whatever, you don't go and say, fuck that company. I'm never working with them again. <laughs> you know, they're not that, it's not that kind of a company. It, it's like, if you get banged for an extra 12 bucks from Netflix, you'd be like, son of a bitch. Yeah, I haven't watched you, Netflix at all this month, so I got nothing for my money. Yeah. And, and so you you would just kind of be like, oh, fuck, that fucking sucks. And that's it. And, and But Netflix is actively now looking at people that haven't used their service in a year and canceling their accounts. All right. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. So let, let's see what they say. It it may seem like an inconsequential story at first. Netflix is shutting down dormant accounts, even as they continue to pay their monthly subscription. Yeah. The The world's leading premium streaming platform is now reaching out to folks with current accounts who haven't been consuming content for a year since joining the service and shutting them down if they don't respond Next, Netflix will be checking in on customers who have stopped watching for more than two years. Well, that's a long time. Yeah, two years. I, I get it. But still, if they're paying, they're paying. They, yeah. Look, what, what, difference is, what difference does it make if they're using your service or not? If you're collecting a monthly fee from them, it's just like, why do you care if they lo- watch or not? I could give two fucks if people ever watch CMS TV as long as they sign up. Right. Exactly. Sign up and let it ride, baby. <laughs> Companies off, often seek out the biggest drags on their business models and weed them out. Some internet providers and wireless carriers will slow you down if you consume too much bandwidth in any given billing period. Credit card companies will gun for churners who gobble up a lucrative sign-up offer and move on to the next card by rejecting applicants who have had too many recent credit inquiries. Insurers will jack up the rates of folks who file too many claims like Chris Aiken and his cell phones yeah, <laughs> uh, or take too many chances. Netflix is entirely different uh, going in a different direction. It's booting its most profitable customers. This is a ridiculous move. But it also is a brilliant. Why is this brilliant? It's a brilliant uh, one. They they do their best to explain it. I'm thinking it's just stupid. All right. Here, here's the method behind the madness. Yeah. Netflix isn't kicking out deadbeat customers. These folks continually to faithfully pay every month. However, if they haven't consumed fresh content over the year, no Tiger King, no Love is Blind, no Ozark. It might be just that they aren't watching their monthly credit card bill closely. Maybe these dormant viewers just don't have a firm grip on how easy it is to cancel Netflix. So so what what are they telling us? They're doing them a favor? That's what they're trying to say. All right. Like, All right. In terms like- of overhead... Netflix is kicking out its highest margin customers with this move. Netflix pays for the bandwidth on the content it serves. So the more you stream, the more Netflix pays. This is the polar opposite of Roku. 
Uh, Roku's hub is free for consumers. All of the streaming costs beyond this namesake channel are on a dime. Let's see, are on the dime of the third-party service of the platform. Roku actually makes more money the longer someone is on the platform because that expands its ability to place online ads. Yeah. Netflix shows the door to folks who fail to heed the call to binge. It's certainly odd when when Netflix and now Roku ask you if you're still streaming a series after a long period of inactivity, it's financially beneficial to Netflix. Checking the dormant viewers with the inactive accounts is more about customer service and human decency, which you don't often see on subscription-based platforms. All right. I don't see human decency. Human decency. I don't see it as human decency. I see it as um, I see it as just um, once again not making people people be responsible for what they do. I guess there aren't a lot of people in this dormant subscriber group. We're talking about the hundreds of thousands of impacted subscribers, or uh, point or zero point five percent of the hundred and eighty three million members worldwide. It is serving. At the end of March, these were really profitable customers, but at the end of the day, it's not as if they were moving the needle. If anyone, if anything, this testament to how engaging Netflix is to the other 99.5% of the, the subscribers, Netflix will continue to be marketing darlings among the media stocks. It's just being a class act in the process. I I just have a hard time believing that they're just doing this out of goodwill. Can you imagine? See, here's how I'm thinking of this. Netflix publicly traded, right? Yeah, I'm thinking that this has something to do with reporting. Maybe, but can you imagine being a shareholder and Netflix saying, you know what? We're going to cut $150 million a year that comes in for no real reason. We're going to cut it to be humanitarian. I would be like, you motherfuckers, <laughs> sell my stock now. Well, I'm thinking, again, I'm thinking that if this comes to stock trades, this has to do with reporting that how many subscribers are actually using the service. So this kind of bumps, if they get rid of the quote unquote, the dead wood, Mm -hmm. this would say that this would bump up their percentage of uh, subscribers who are using the service. Do you think that matters for a Netflix though? Again, I don't know. I don't know what their, their quarterly or yearly reporting uh, indicates because I don't, I'm not a stockholder. But the stockholders might say Netflix is dying because they have 5% of the people not watching it anymore. Maybe, but they have those same 5% of that money. Yeah. Yeah. But the stock might trade higher. Uh, You know, the, the money that they collect from the subscribers might not be as much as the uh, investors are willing to put into Netflix because if they go, well, you know, Netflix has a 5% decline in viewership. Even though that they're paying for a subscription, they're not viewing it. 
So they go, well, we got to kick this off because if we kick off 5% of the non-viewers, that mm-hmm. gives us 100% of viewership. Yeah. And so that goes, oh, well, that's valuable. But if they go, well, we only got 95% viewership, they go, oh, well, you're in decline. I, I, I'm going to pull my money out of there. See, but here's where I think they're going to fuck the people that are actually use, using the service. They're going to cut 5%. Then they're going to say, well, we're down 5%. So we're going to have to raise the rates. Or they say that we're at 100% viewership, which would attract uh, investors. Maybe, but but you know they're still going to raise the rate because they're not going to just give away money. That's well, not what well but they have do. raised the rate. When I joined Netflix, I, I can't even remember how many years ago. Yeah. It was seven ninety nine. I am now paying twelve ninety nine. Yeah, I mean it's not a huge jump. It's five bucks. Is that is that like for the regular package? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know. I I think mine is fifteen bucks or something. Well, I I pay twelve ninety nine a month, but but when I joined, it was seven ninety nine a month. I have no idea what it is. <laughs> I'm the perfect example. It just comes off the card. I don't even. But see. but again, again, I don't know what kind of reporting they do for the stock holders. Mm-hmm. So in the long run, even, you know, twelve ninety nine a month for the people who aren't paying attention to their credit card bill or they're being billed monthly and they're not watching it. That right. might be a pittance compared to the the stock uh, holders who, where, where that, uh, reporting is important. Yeah. Cause, cause they, I'm just going to use a round number. They might collect a hundred thousand dollars a month in people who don't use the service, mm-hmm. but by reporting that five or 8% or something like that is not using the service, even though they're paying, it could it could equal some kind of a decline in the, in the, uh, investorship that their mm-hmm. investors could, you know, because of the good reporting of say 99.9% of viewership could, mm-hmm. could, uh, translate to $500, uh, million in investorship as opposed to 95% viewership. It might reduce that. So what I'm saying is that they could make a hundred million dollars, let's just say a hundred million dollars on subscriptions. But if they had better reporting, they could get $500 million worth of stock. Maybe that's a lot of reaching. Well, again, I, I'm not a bean counter, but, but I don't know what all the ins and outs of it are. But again, if, if it's not reporting as positive, they mm-hmm. might have to kick that off, even though it is a positive gain and, you know, charging people's credit cards. Yeah, I, maybe. I don't know. I just know if I was an investor and they said, well, we're going to I wouldn't give a shit. Why? I'd be like, we have 70 percent of the entire Internet. That's good enough. I don't give a shit who's watching and who's not. We're getting paid. Pay me. But, but then again, you know, that's why I'm not a day-to-day stock guy, I guess. Right, but. right. But the thing is, it just depends on, you know, how it affects their reporting. Yeah. So if their reporting shows, you know, any kind of decline or negative, even though they're collecting money on those uh, subscriptions, it right. may not be enough to offset 
what they could be making if they had more positive reporting. Right. That's that's kind of where it's going. So, I, again, I'm not a financial guy. I know a little bit about it, but I'm certainly no, uh, you know, I'm certainly no um, investor guy at all. Sure. Makes sense. But that's that's how I see that. It's just like, yeah, well, we're going to kick out the dead wood. We're going to increase our, we're going to improve our viewership numbers and we can report this to the stockholders. So it, uh, you know, makes our stock more valuable. Right. That's how I look at it. Makes sense. All right. All right. Well, let's play a couple of tunes. Let's come back. We'll finish up the show. We got about an hour left. And we'll wrap it up. Good. All right. Got something in mind? How's about? Let's go with um. Bu- 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 bu. Let's find something good. Um. Bu- 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 bu. How about if we go with some wasp? Okay. With high on the flames. <laughs> wow, that's a that's a, a random pick. Yeah. That's a that's a Chris Aiken special. And I I kind of understand that you're uh, making some kind of personal uh, reference to that. Well, not right now, but I've been high on the flames before. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, We'll do some uh, wasp high on the flames. So, uh, all right. Well, here it is. Uh, This is wasp exclusively here on your classic metal show. Hi, this is the one and only Blackie Lawless of Wasp. I listen to the classic metal show, Rock and Roll to Death. <laughs> 